Hello, you guys. It's Kim. Before we jump in, I wanted to caution listeners with a trigger warning that this episode includes a story involving suicide and sexual assault. This episode is also listed as explicit for its sexual content. Hey guys, it's Kim. Happy Tuesday and welcome back to the My Lips Aren't Sealed podcast, a podcast created for women where no topic is off limits. I'm beyond excited for today's episode where I'm being joined by two amazing women, our girl Kiana, who you guys all know and love. Hey Kiana. Howdy, how's it going? Happy to have you back again, of course. I just realized that my side profile is going to be the showing. Main, yeah, it's going to be the main character today, you so I apologize in advance. A beautiful side profile. Side profile of a pug. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anywho. A beautiful <laughs> pug, if you if you think. Anywho, hello. <laughs> and we are also being joined by Hannah Deindorfer, a sex and intimacy coach who I know our listeners would love to hear from you and learn from. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and chat with y'all and just like cut it up and share some knowledge and have a bunch of fun. I can't wait to just pick your brain and <laughs> just, I just want to be inside your brain. There's like, some interesting things going on. I was going to say, I feel like we might like, we're going to have to like choose like a cap of time because I feel like I could go on all day, which yeah. is like question on question on question. For hours. And we but. have a lot of questions for you, which we'll, we'll dive all into. So Hannah and I, backstory, we met randomly at a coffee shop and I was out front taking Instagram pictures and that was the only time we've met it our, was yeah. our second time and how did we even start talking do you remember I was hyping you up oh <laughs> we love women was, supporting women love that seriously like, you look so good like fucking get it you're amazing how long ago is this that was in June I was trying to see when I because I was like that was last year and I was like actually this year has just been so s- slow and fast at the same time yeah so it's only June but it feels like it feels like a while ago but I figured with cuffing season amongst us this would be the perfect time to do a little play on words and have hannah on where we can chat about all things sex related handcuffs and all <laughs> first and foremost thank you so much for taking the time to, to come on the podcast chatting with with uh, kiana and i we love your instagram content thank you it is fantastic like truly truly i put a lot of fucking effort into it so i appreciate that <laughs> i can tell and it's paying off it, it really is but we're excited to have these intimate conversations. Are you excited too? I'm so pumped because I mentioned this in the podcast last week that I talk huge game. <laughs> and then when it comes down to it, like when it comes down to the meat and potatoes of it all, like I am so fucking vanilla and I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I think that Kim and I are probably like the same like that. We're very sex positive, but we have a lot to learn. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, Kiana and I talked even before this episode. We're like, oh, we're a little nervous to talk about it all. But you are somebody who advocates for sex positivity in women and not feeling ashamed of your sexuality. So I feel like it's going to be a good episode. Totally. So yeah. excited. I'm here to make you feel comfortable and safe. This is literally what I do for work. So nothing yeah. is off limits. And yeah, I'm excited to just hear from you and share with you and all of yeah. it. And vanilla is okay. Oh, this is a safe environment. That's what I said. It made me feel so good. <laughs> okay, speaking of your job, I would love to just let the listeners know a little bit more about you and your background. So give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got into this industry. Okay, so 
This is a long, do you want the long version or the short version? Let's give us the medium. Middle. The medium. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Middle of yes, the Because I got a few more questions okay. for you too that might get answered. Medium version is. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had a lot of trauma, honestly. Like the. From ages 13 to about 22 was a really dark time in my life. Um, some of those experiences included sexual assaults, um, other non-consensual sexual experiences, um, taking care of my dad, who was mentally ill. He's bipolar, so Ooh. a lot of like caretaking and responsibility. Um, and then by the time I got to college, I developed a really severe eating disorder, and yeah, by the second year of college, I didn't want to live. So that was rock bottom and a turning point for me. So Absolutely. I started going to therapy, which is the smart thing to do when you're in that place. And things started getting better for sure. I was um, doing a lot of reading and meditation and journaling and doing the therapy stuff. But a lot of that was working at the mental level. And my life got significantly better. That was like eight years and a lot of transformation happened in that time. But there was still for me something missing. I was still running a lot of um, the same patterns in my relationships where I would end up either with a toxic guy who was emotionally unavailable mm -hmm. or um, a guy who I would just walk all over and become very super uninterested in yeah. him. And also just feeling still remnants of depression and anxiety and feeling like, okay, this is just going to have to be something I live with until um, my first kink experience. That was really 100%. That was the thing that changed it for me because I had never, I realized at that point, I had never been in a sexual experience where I was totally present engaged and felt completely safe well because from body. a young age you learned that you had to completely disassociate 100 which I just want to absolutely applaud you because I feel like you know you see all of these different tv shows and stuff like that where you know you can go a lot of different ways mm -hmm. once you when you've had experiences like you've had yeah and I so much respect and applaud that like this is where you've come and now you're mm -hmm. educating people about it like that's that's so amazing using something that you've gone through to be a learning and growing experience for everyone else, not just you. Thank you. Really I agree. impressive. Yeah. And also taking those steps and going to therapy, I feel because we're similar in age. Therapy wasn't really something that was talked about eight years ago. Is that yeah. when you did it, right? When I was 20 years old is when I started mm -hmm. going to therapy. And that wasn't something people really talked about. So yeah. the fact that you even did that was amazing. And we're both big advocates for therapy. We love our therapists. I've like paid for my therapist's house at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> Truly, but... Thank you for sharing all that too. I mean, it's obviously you're, you, you're a little more comfortable now talking about all those things, but mm -hmm. Kiana and I both definitely applaud you for having the courage to talk about that and how you've transformed your life and your relationship with, with sex is mm -hmm. truly phenomenal. Thank was you. your first kink experience with a partner or with somebody new? How did that come about? Ooh, and what okay. was it? So, if you feel yeah, yeah, comfortable. Yeah. So... I, yeah, and what was it? Yeah. <laughs> so at the time, I had been in about a two and a half year relationship. I had moved to Austin for this guy. Um, I was running a really successful coaching business that was not in sexuality. It was more personal development, business focused. And our relationship was one where I had like all the power and no turn on for him. And sex was a huge issue in our relationship. And so like many young Austin folks, we decided to open our relationship, which was a terrible fucking decision. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that's very common here. Very common. 
not the place where you want to go into it. I think like a lot of people do it because they're like, oh, they want to explore other options Mm -hmm. rather than their enhanced relationship. Exactly. So we opened when we were in a rocky place and the first person that I explored with, I was on vacation in Mexico at a friend's wedding and I call and he and my partner at the time wasn't there. So I called him and I was like, there's this really hot guy here. And like, are you OK with me exploring? And I kind of like I kind of pressured him into saying yes, which is fucked up. Do you think he would have said no? I think that he said yes, because if he would have said no, I would have probably broken up with him at that yeah. point. He's an ultimatum. It was kind of like a pressured ultimatum yeah. type of situation. I am not proud of this. Um but yeah, he said yes. And then a couple days later, still in Mexico, I ended up having a kink experience with this guy who was much older than me and big daddy energy mm. and had been Obsessed. in the space Hot. for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, super experienced in kink. And we had a full negotiation. We talked through all my limits. We talked through safe words and what I was interested in. And Again, like I had never had a consultation or talked to someone about sex like that. Who before. initiated that consultation? He did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so I were you guys know just how to fucking do that? Right. That That's time. why I'm wondering. I'm like, did you go with like notes or I don't yeah. know? Were you guys just one on one, or was it like you went back to his room and then that's when he was like, hey, was it like? We, Mr. Gray energy. <laughs> we went back. Desk. We went back to the room at the end of the at the end of one of the nights and talked through everything. Yeah. And then had the experience. Good for you. Yeah. And it just opened up a whole new world for you. It opened up my entire world. It was like, to me, that was the entry point into, okay, now I feel my body. Now I know how to connect here. And it led me into um, researching and learning more about kink and somatic therapy and um, emotions and how to really feel that and heal so much of my trauma, both through kink and through just feeling and expressing in a way that I hadn't before and um yeah I I ended up shutting down my coaching business as a result of that and I was like I need to this is this is it for me this really was that pivotal wow does that guy know that he does unfortunately the relationship ended up being very toxic with that guy Uh, but (laughs) but you know what you got what you needed I did yeah absolutely and you're here today which is phenomenal next question for you is your current partner and family are they supportive of your chosen career path? Were they uncomfortable? How did you navigate? Oh, my mom has me blocked on Instagram. Really? But I will say she is supportive. She understands now why I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of conversations about what it actually means to me and like who it's for and what I'm trying to do with it, which is not just like teach people how to give a hand job like I'm here right. trying to help women learn how to be connected to their bodies and feel empowered and safe and have yeah. fun fulfilling sexual experiences well and I'm assuming here but like was your mom not around whenever you're going through these issues when you were 13 so <laughs> she was able assumption. to understand like why you took this route rather than other routes like that's a very intuitive guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we fought a lot and there were experiences with my dad when he was going through his mental illness when she left for a while mm. and I was alone with him and she didn't know all the inner workings of like what Got was it. going on in my relationships and stuff. But 
But yeah, she is supportive now. Both both my parents are supportive now, even though they yeah. don't want to watch my Instagram and know anything about what I'm saying. That's fine. What about your partner? Very supportive. Good. Oh, Very love. supportive. He's a Because great... I see him in your content. So yeah. I'm like, he's such a supportive <laughs> king and we love him. Like, he, is, he is. He is tolerant of Instagram. Yeah. Um, but overall like brags on me all the time like loves what I do shouts mm. me out to all of his friends and yeah it's super sweet yeah how hot to have a sex and intimacy coach I was gonna say girlfriend. like is y'all sex just like fucking awesome then yeah uh, <laughs> I'm obsessed of course so for listeners who are interested in getting a sex coach I'm curious what you personally choose to do to approach coaching them and for sure Um, I have a pretty thorough intake process because I want to really understand all of the ecosystem that's contributing to the symptoms that they're explaining. So a lot of times they'll say like, oh, I'm just like, I don't want my partner anymore. But what can be behind that is like, I'm grieving a parent or um, our relationship suddenly has more conflict than it's ever had before. Or we just moved in together. Or like I have all this unrepre- or all this repressed trauma that I've never worked through. <clears throat> and so the intake process is a lot of understanding the whole ecosystem of where they're at. Um, and then the approach that I take is really ground up. So I start by teaching how to connect to your body and how to feel your emotions and feel what sensations and feel what a yes and no feels like in your body. That's the foundation. And then moving from there, it's like, okay, now that we know and understand what your body likes and how it feels, let's now figure out what turns you on and what enhances that pleasure. And creating um, sustainable pleasure routines for them to have for themselves and then the next step beyond that is like how do you communicate that with a partner and explore things with a partner after that point and then advanced level is like tantra kink stuff yeah. Do you normally only take on couples or do like individual men come to you and I don't do not work with in? men Great. we love to hear it <laughs> um, I do have a occasionally I'll work with a couple Mm -hmm. if they're like really um already kind of in an advanced place Mm -hmm. I will support a couple but for the most part I just work with women who are in relationship usually but sometimes single people too is there ever any exercises where they bring in their partner for at least like one or two sessions or it's just individual occasionally yeah but a lot of the things that I'm working with them are on are the things that are impacting their sex life that are under the surface. So it's stuff that we can do individually that have this amazing impact on their sex life without even having to involve their partner in it. That's incredible. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing all that. In the main portion of today's podcast, we are going to be diving into some of your most commonly asked questions, as well as questions that were submitted by our followers, listeners, subscribers, and a few questions and stories sprinkled in by me and Kiana. But before we do, we are first going to jump into our pick of the week. Oh my God. I love your skirt. Where did you get it? Gee, thanks. Just got it. I see it. I like it. I want it. For those of you new here, pick of the week can be anything that we are loving lately. So whether that is a content creator we're loving, a movie, a beauty product, a, a song, a book, uh, literally anything. But we normally each share a pick. However, as our extra special guest this week, we wanted Hannah's pick of the week to be spotlighted. So Hannah, what is your 
pick of the week. Okay, I brought a show and tell item. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it is a cervix wand. So this is a glass sex toy wow. that is, um, I would say it's for sacred sexuality practices, a little bit more intentional, a little bit slower. It's curved, S-shaped, it's ribbed on one side and then has a bulb on the other side. And it looks probably kind of intimidating. It really <laughs> does. And for people who aren't watching on YouTube, how many, how long do you think that is? This is probably 10 inches. Yeah. But you don't insert this whole thing into inside of yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I can't stop staring. I'm like, I wasn't sure because I recently got a transvaginal ultrasound and I swear to God, it was that big up inside me. Holy shit. Have you ever gotten one? No. I literally left crying because I was so uncomfortable with the whole experience. It was not consensual. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Anyways, it was the whole a lot thing. of the medical industry is non-consensual. So it, it's yeah, unfortunate. it was a lot, but it was about that size and it was not mm -hmm. pleasurable. So no. tell us more about <laughs> what this, what this tool or device what the tool is for. Is. So it's is that called considered a, a dildo or no, it's not. I mean, it technically, it would fall into the category of a dildo mm -hmm. because it is a, um, penis shaped object that mm -hmm. is inserted into the vaginal canal. Um, but this is really good, honestly, for massage. So there's, you can like press it into your skin. It's got a really nice soft texture. Um, it's very smooth and glass. If you're using it on your vulva, um, you can also massage the outside of your vulva with the rounded end. And then as you insert it inside of yourself, um, you can just have it resting inside of yourself and just use it as a connection tool to your pussy. I don't know. Is that okay to say? Yeah, pussy? of course. <laughs> what do you mean a connection tool? So a way to Keanu build, so a way I, to like, build my core. sensory awareness. So for a lot of women, there is a disconnect of feeling and sensation um, from awareness to pussy. Um, we were talking about dissociation earlier. Mm -hmm. A lot of women dissociate during sex yeah. and don't feel what's going on down there. Um especially because they might be fantasizing or they might be like thinking about the to-do list or whatever. And so this yeah, is a really I so good... relate to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. For sure. So this is a really good tool for building sensory awareness. You can insert this into yourself and just breathe and do Kegels essentially around the outside of it to feel, okay, this is what it feels like with something inside of me. Hmm. You can also use this for um, building sensory awareness of your cervix in particular so because it has the rounded end on both sides, it has an advantage point where you can, you are able to touch the cervix more easily. A lot of women, when you think of like your cervix getting touched during sex, it's very painful. Mm -hmm. It's a very painful experience. I don't yeah. think, I don't connect pleasure with cervix no. at all. But when I was doing research for this, there's a pleasure. Yes. There's pleasure. Um, not sensory. What are they? Nerve endings. Nerve endings. Yeah. And I was like, what? There's three spots now? That's crazy. They're the or multiple. clitoris is insane. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Everything down here is a playground, mm -hmm. essentially. Obsessed. Um, so yeah, the cervix is a pleasure point, but a lot of women hold uh like stored trauma or tension in their cervix from just a really tightly contracted pelvic um region. Um, and pelvic floor. So this is a really good tool for gently massaging the cervix and helping relax it. Hmm. Wow. So like using that, like you could work up to then getting having pounded. an orgasm. Yes. Hmm. I want to hold the cervix. Add to Amazon shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> 
Instacart. <laughs> okay, so what is the name of this though? This is the cervix wand okay. from wands.com. They are the only sex toy company that I'm affiliated with. It's W-A-A-N-D-S.com. Okay, and I will link that and the wand yes. in the show notes for you guys to check out. How cool. And I love yes. that you actually brought it for us to see. I mean, it looks amazing. It's it, so cool. You would have no idea me describing it, what it actually looks like. Or, no, 100%. Yeah. No. So make sure to check us out on YouTube to see what this actually looks like or Instagram at my lips aren't sealed podcast. I'll be sharing pictures. Do you want to hold it? Like, can I? Yeah. Please. Please. Has it been in you or do you clean it's it? It's 100% clean. Okay. <laughs> oh, and it's lighter than it looks too. Mm-hmm. I love, look, it's so cute. Pass the wand. It's like the talking <laughs> stick. What do you think of that, Kiana? I'm shook. I want to get a still photo of this. <laughs> Take a little picture. No, I, I do appreciate, oh. appreciate bringing that. This is so interesting. That's probably my favorite pick of the week yet. Absolutely. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, I'll be putting it in the show notes. Now we're going to shift into the much anticipated portion of today's episode. Question and answers with Hannah. So I think we're just going to dive on in. I decided to split these questions into three categories. So I have personal, partner, and kinks. Hopefully I categorize that that correctly. So we'll just jump on in. Yeah. The first question for personal. And again, these are questions from listeners and us and ones that you sent me as well as your commonly asked questions. The first one is how do I feel more confident in my body and comfortable during sex? And what can I do to overcome insecurities about my appearance? I, this is not my question, but I totally relate to that because my weight fluctuates so much. And when I'm heavier, I'm feeling more insecure about my belly showing or about like my cellulite on my butt and things like that, that I don't want guys to see. So what do you, what advice do you give? And me and my friends will do make jokes. Like it's a lights off hookup. Like if you don't like if you don't feel yeah. good, like like turn all the lights off. It must be dark outside. No light seeping in. Like I don't want to be seen. I even mm. had like colored lights in my room. And I liked like that made like the light changing. And it sounds like a teenager's room, but it really did. Literally. Like, <laughs> it changed like the mood. It was just a light bulb that you could change it to red or blue or green. And mm-hmm. that would make me feel sexier. But what do you normally advise? Sure. I mean, the biggest thing, because this is an issue for so many people, women in particular, like we are, I mean, all the time inundated with messages about how our bodies are not good enough, no matter what it looks like. And so, of course, um, when it comes to sex in this intimate place where we're naked and completely revealed, all those insecurities are going to come up. Um, The biggest couple bits of advice I give in that space are, one, starting a self-touch practice. So most people don't have a practice of regularly touching their body in a loving, nurturing, supportive way. And that doesn't have to look like touching your vulva, although it totally can. It can just look like giving your shoulders a massage, giving yourself a hug. Um, If there's a place on your body where you have historically criticized yourself a lot, like you said, your stomach, Mm -hmm. like literally touching your stomach and just holding it. Our hands are such powerful transmitters of energy. And if you can imagine like sending energy down your arm from your heart through your hand into whatever place on your body that you dislike, there's a new relationship that gets to be formed there. Why did that make me emotional? I've literally teared up five times already. So <laughs> and it's so true. And it reminds me of like during yoga classes too, that they make you lay down in Shavasana and they listen to your body. Where in your body do you feel noise or tension mm-hmm. and that's kind of similar you send that energy do people cry a lot in your sessions every single one i'm literally <laughs> oh, like really? i think i've been in like a constant state of teary-eyedness since we started oh she is that's i so know sweet. well don't call it out now, now it's gonna fall no you come look, on 
Your eyes are so beautiful. Look how blue they're turning. Oh, they're so else. shiny. Um, no, I think that's great advice too. And I remember this was talked about a lot in, I'm a big Cosmo reader. Mm-hmm. I've been reading Cosmopolitan magazine since I was like, pop off queen. I just got my new, <laughs> my new magazine yesterday. I still love it. And I remember reading like, you're insecure during sex. And I'm like 14 reading this. <laughs> it was like, wear a, a button up shirt while you're having sex to cover your Ew. belly and just show your boobs. And like, fuck off Cosmo. And I'm and like, in my mind, I was always like, I have to wear a shirt when I have sex. Oh. So you automatically think that like you, that you have something that like needs to be covered up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, just wear a button-up shirt, cover your belly so that he doesn't see that, but he sees everything else. Yeah. Oh, that's a fucking criminal. I've, I still think about that advice too. Like, I have to have a button-up. Yeah, I fucking hate that so much. Also, Toxic. other terrible advice, just have a glass of alcohol. Just drink mm-hmm. some wine and relax. Loose it up. Yeah. Terrible fucking advice. It actually dries you up. It makes your vagina dry drinking alcohol. Oh, really? yeah. I, yes. Yeah, totally. I absolutely believe that. Another question we got from a follower, and I didn't realize I had people who were virgins who follow me, oh, but I had a yay. few actually. So she, her simple question was, do you have any advice for first timers? Mm. Which I think is sweet. And I don't know if that's necessarily a, a topic you cover because it's a little more deeper than that, but I mean, your experience. I, th- I think the advice that I would give someone for their first time is the same advice that I would give anyone for any sexual experience that they have. Go slow. Mm-hmm. Go really slow. Be really present. If something doesn't feel right, if your body starts to tense or you d- get distracted or you dissociate or just anything doesn't feel right, stop. You can slow down and pause and rewind to what you were doing before that was more comfortable. And then only when your body is excited and ready to go and you feel that like open, fluttery, like nervousness, but positive and maybe also more calm and relaxed along with that, then keep going. But that's, I mean, that's the biggest advice. I would also say lube, which is something that I advise every woman in. Yes. And nobody that I know of uses it regularly (laughs) as much as they should. Oh, Um, I use lube every time I have sex. Amazing. I can't not. Pro lube. Because it also like, I mean, after a while you do get dry. I mean, I personally do. I can't say what the entire time I'm having sex. I actually read that in Cosmo. What? By lube. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So Cosmo's one in one right now. (laughs) One in one. My first time having sex, it was with my long-term boyfriend from high school to college. And I never enjoyed sex with him once. And I love him to death as like a friend, but I was never into it. I was always like really dry. We didn't use lube at all, but it was, it was not intentional and I wasn't ever present. And it wasn't until I experienced sex after him that I started enjoying sex, Mm -hmm. which was, and we were together four years. Wow. That was my first time. Next question for you. And this is another one that somebody submitted that I don't know if you know that the answer to this, do you think eating habits really make a difference in the way you taste? (laughs) (laughs) I had to move the mic because I cackled so loud on yeah. that. Um, I giggled too. I, well, I read it out loud. Was it to you or to my sister? And I was like, what do they mean? She's like, you know. Yeah. How your pussy tastes. Yeah. Like or for a dude, eat. what your like, cum tastes like. Yeah. yeah. Marginally. Really? It does. Yes. Have really? a little bit of an impact. But what has the most impact is stress in general um, and where you are in your menstrual cycle. Interesting. So is it the closer you are to your menstrual, the worse it tastes? Or not worse, but Okay, more, I'm going to let you in on a point, secret. Point, point, point. <laughs> because this... Point, I don't 
don't know. A little spicier. <laughs> spicier. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, oh I was like, <laughs> girl, I will believe everything you say right now. <laughs> um, no. Okay. So I think this needs to be said because a lot of women are very concerned about what they taste like. And I'm just going to say straight up, pussy does not taste good. Okay. Nobody's does. I, I have think eaten semen tastes good them. I have licked lots of pussies. They don't taste good. None of them do. But here's the thing. Does coffee taste good? On not, its own? No. I don't drink coffee because it doesn't taste does, good. Does beer taste good? Acquired. It's an acquired taste. Yeah. The reason why pussy tastes good to people who like eating pussy is because there's a connotation around it, a context around it huh. that is fun, exciting, and historically has led to like them getting laid. Yeah. So So true. Don't worry wow. about what your pussy tastes. The only concern that I would have about it is like if it smells like fish, you might have BV. You might actually need some antibacterial for that, mm -hmm. some antibiotics. But apart from that, if it tastes sour, that's totally fine. If it smells a little sour, that's like yeasty, totally fine. Until it's like extreme. It's only in the extreme that there might actually be something wrong, in which case go to a doctor about yeah. that. But there is a whole variety of how pussy smells and tastes, and it's going to be different every day in your cycle, and it's never going to be amazing. It's never going to smell like flowers. Love God. it. I think mine smells amazing. Just saying. <laughs> you do? Yeah. I've sm yeah, it smells – I'm like, yeah, it smells pretty good. It's not bad. Nice. I never tasted it, but I couldn't. Thank you for answering that, though. Yeah. I think some people – I think a lot of people are curious about that yeah. and they're uncomfortable to ask. For sure. It's not like women sit around in a circle being like, okay, what does your pussy taste like? Let me try. Let me like sniff all of yours and let's just make Spread sure. Spread them open, Kiana. <laughs> Literally. I'll be the dummy. <laughs> uh, the next question, and this is from a follower. She says, how do you have sex with endometriosis or chronic pain? That's a rough one. Mm -hmm. um, if you're having and experiencing pain during sex or you have – like all over your body, chronic pain, like the biggest thing is going to be, again, going really slow and reducing your stress as much as possible. Um, it is possible for sure to achieve pleasure in those states, but it's going to require a lot more gentleness and patience and you're not going to get to orgasm as quickly. The same is The same thing is true if you're experiencing any type of like yeah, intense stress or intense emotional stuff going on in your life mm -hmm. or any type of like pain in your body. It's still totally possible to feel pleasure, but I would start at like low baseline of like stimulation and pleasure. And what's an example of that when you say baseline stimulation? Um, someone laying on top of you. Okay. Like really baseline. Yeah. Really baseline. Gentle pressure, just grounding touch. Mm -hmm. Hugs, cuddling, start there. Moving up from that would be like gentle massage. And then if that feels good and you still feel good, then moving to massage on your vulva. Um, and if that still feels good, like really waiting until your pussy is like, a yes, I want penetration to move to any type of penetration. Hmm. But like, don't just go straight for the gold right away. Literally never. It takes women like 19 minutes on average to reach full arousal. I believe that. Oh my God. I absolutely believe that. Speaking of, <laughs> next question for you. What is the G-spots and how do you find your G-spot? This was submitted more than you could possibly imagine. Really? Yes. Because oh. we... Kim and I talked yesterday. We were this is embarrassing. We were together yesterday, and she was like, "Yeah, there's like supposedly a G spot in your cervix." I was like, "Wait," and she was like, 
And we literally almost at the same time, we were like, wait, so you're saying that the clit is not the G spot? No. I know. This is really And we sad. like stared at each other for like 10 seconds. We were like, we need to write that down. <laughs> Why well, was my sister has is more advanced sexually than I am. Mm-hmm. She she's, has explored more. And so I don't know how it came up, but I was like, isn't this is I'm almost 30. That's and I was okay. like, isn't your clit the G spot? And my sister's like, you're joking, right? And I was like, <laughs> I thought it was just like a cute nickname. No, same. <laughs> Literally. I was like, why don't they call it the C spot? Like it never made sense to me. That is very so, funny. What is the G spot and okay. how do you find your G okay. spot? All right. We're going to do a little anatomy lesson right Yay. now. All in. <laughs> All in. Okay. <clears throat> the other thing I think that is important to know is that the clit is not just the little nub that's exposed on the outside. The clitoris is, it hooks back behind the pubic mound and then fills in in nerve endings on either side of the labia. So there's this huge giant mass of nerve endings and an organ, sex organ right beneath um, the whole pubic mound and where your labia are. Um, does that make sense so far? When you yeah. say pubic mound, you mean like this part right here? Yeah. It's like the part okay. where like if you put your palm and your hand down on your pussy, it's like where, what would fit in the palm of your hand? Got like it. Like a little cup okay. part. Okay. Yeah. Good question. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's several different pleasure points inside of the vaginal canal. Um, there's the A spot, there's the G spot, there's the P spot. I'm not going to go into all of them because like essentially you can use a (laughs) cervix wand and map your pleasure, like explore around in there with your fingers or with a wand or a toy or have another person assist you with that and have them just ask you like, does this spot feel good? Does stimulating this spot feel good? And you'll find what spots feel really good to you. The G spot in particular um, is located, if you put two fingers hooked inside, it's like right there if you do a little like hook motion on the ins- like hook inside of your, right behind where the clitoris is. Wow. So everyone has the same G spot? Everyone has, well, everyone's vulva is different. The size of it will be different on every person, but the texture of it, if you touch it, it'll feel kind of spongy. You're kidding. Oh my god, you can feel it? Yeah. I thought it was like a metaphorical spot. <laughs> me too. Oh my god. <laughs> no, we swear to God, me too. You're blowing our minds right now. Yes. And probably amazing. a majority of our listeners too. Great. Spongy. Everyone go touch your G spot right now. And report you're... back. <laughs> but yeah, it's a spongy texture. The reason why it's so popular or like why people talk about it a lot is because with the proper stimulation on the G-spot, most women can squirt with that stimulation. And is it true that all women can squirt? 100%. Yeah. They just, yeah. you don't know how to get there. So yeah. Just don't and the biggest yeah. barrier to squirting is tension. So like when you're being stimulated in the G-spot or you're like coming up on feeling like you're going to squirt, it feels like you have to pee. And so there's a lot of like, oh, I don't want to do that because it feels like you're going to pee. And so there's like embarrassment around that or like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to pee. But if you can relax into the sensation, if you're being stimulated in the right way, then you'll squirt. And it's Emrita. It's not piss. There's a small percentage of pee in it, but it's female ejaculate. That is fascinating. Whenever we're talking (laughs) about G-spots, I can't help but think about that Friends episode 
where Monica like points out to Chandler like how to please his girlfriend. Do you remember this? No. And she like points out, and it's like <laughs> now that like we're talking through this, I'm like that's probably inaccurate. But she like points out seven spots, and she's like, and then you can go a oh, one, three, two, a three, four, oh, six. Oh, I do remember. And then she's like seven, 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 seven. seven, seven. Okay, I that. and she like gets all like tore up about it. But like now I know that this is just well, not maybe, true. Well, maybe there are seven. Are there? It sounds like there's more. I mean. Probably what she was pointing out was inaccurate, I would guess. Yeah. So fair. Classic <laughs> so fair. Monica. Classic Monica. <laughs> Crazy girly. Uh, next question for you is how often, from your knowledge, do most women masturbate? Mm, that's a really good question. I actually don't know the answer to that. Based on your clientele? Based they, on my clientele, I've told asked. You? I've pulled this on my stories before. So again, like this is not an accurate number because yeah. people who are following you are typically a little bit more sex positive probably and, yeah. yeah um I don't know kind of a mix the sex positive yes but like also potentially struggling with sexuality so mm. like mixed mixed um and most of the responses were somewhere around once a week yeah. one response was like multiple times a day which is like the extreme end and then like of of doing it more and then like never would be the extreme end of never doing it I would say like a couple times a week is probably pretty within the average yeah gotta step up my game <laughs> seriously orgasms are good for your health I yeah. they make you live longer really mm-hmm. they lengthen your telomeres the more you know <laughs> the more you know we're gonna be living very long beauty hack after this beauty hack literally hey guys it's Kim who needs Botox <laughs> yeah seriously um and then the next one, what do you think is the best toy to use during solo masturbation? This is also very personal. Yeah. Um, I'll just give my my personal favorite is the magic wand, the Hitachi magic wand, um, because it is you can't miss it. Like you can't miss the spot if you're mm -hmm. using that wand. It has a very large um, surface area for stimulation. It's just a vibrator, but it has a huge head on it and it's just external stimulation. And for me, I'm like, I can come in like two minutes using that thing. It's yeah. Amazing. And the brand is Hitachi? Hitachi. That's a power tool brand. <laughs> they, I don't know. Maybe they've expanded their horizons. <laughs> yeah. She used to work in the power tool industry. That's so, so funny. I'm like, interesting. It's I mean, also it a power tool, me. technically. It is a power tool. I'm, so true. <laughs> I so mean, true. Just saying. Yeah, I have it's this bush vibrator, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's just it's the suction yeah. on the clit. Yeah. A lot of people love the suction. I mean, toys too. 30 seconds, I'm done. Yeah. I was telling Kim about this, and I heard about these vibrators that, and that might, I think that's on here too. Is no, I put in, I put in parentheses, Kiana bring up vibrator story thing. Simpatico. Woohoo. <laughs> there is this vibrator company that, like, has the vibrations go along with a story? Have you heard of those? Nope. I have to. We think it might be Quinn. Have you heard of the Quinn app? The, audio the Quinn Erotica. audio, yeah. And they're phenomenal. I met mm -hmm. the CEO. I went to one of their parties. So cool. I was like, this is mind blowing. That's my shit. I love mm -hmm. smut novels. Like that's, Same. That's my shit. Okay, we can go in a rabbit hole with that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but Kiana mentioned she thinks it might be the same company where as they're reading the story, the vibrator is in tune and gets you going. Holy shit. I was about to say, I'm going to have to ask my friend because I know that she has this and so I'm going to text her after this and ask her. Please. Yeah. I'm already fucking rubbing my feet together like a little cricket when I'm reading <laughs> that shit. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> okay, we're going to shift gears a tiny bit for the last question in the personal section. Mm -hmm. This is from me. How do you regain confidence in the bedroom after being cheated on? 
Ouch. I mean, the emotional impact of that is, it makes sense Mm -hmm. that it would impact your ability to be present and engaged in sex. I would say the confidence piece is going to come from you building a relationship with yourself and building love and pleasure into the relationship you have with yourself. Um, And then it's going to be in building trust with whoever that next person is. I would say like not having sexual experiences with random hookups to start Mm -hmm. after that. Like, and that's where I got drained is like, right. I was cheated on, moved to Austin. My whole first year is partying, drinking, one night stands and not like a lot. I wasn't sleeping through the whole city, but the occasional one night stand. And as time went on, I just felt so emotionally drained. My self-worth went down. I just felt sad, especially when the guy is just, oh, I'm going home like that mm-hmm. night and I'm not getting like, they're not cuddling me or they don't want to yeah. sleep over or like, it's just, it just hurts, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And I was expecting too much of an emotional connection yeah. when they just see it as sex. And I just, I'm not type of person so yeah yeah, definitely working on healing all that first before doing that Mm -hmm. and that's why I've kind of been on the I've been not on the DL I've been on the DL thank you when it comes to my sex life because I haven't found a person I feel comfortable with totally it's getting cheated on really damages your self-esteem it really does it's it's crazy okay moving on to the partner section thank you for answering that Mm mm-hmm Okay, now we're in the partner section. The first question is, how do you voice your wants and needs for reciprocation when you get a guy off but you haven't finished? Uh, Well, I personally would include that conversation before you start Mm -hmm. sex. I am a huge proponent of pre-sex consultations or pre-sex conversations where you are discussing your needs, wants, desires, boundaries before anyone takes their clothes off because once you get into that mode, it's really hard to give feedback. It's really hard to say no. It's really hard to say what you want or what you don't want because it's just so much like energy in that Mm -hmm. space. And it's really hard to interrupt that flow and it feels scary. And so having conversations before you get into the bedroom about hey, I really need to come tonight. Like if I don't come in this experience, I'm not going to feel like it was a good experience. Do you feel comfortable helping me get there? (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Well, like, I mean, even if that guy can't says like, okay, well, what if I can't do it? Then you can say like, I have a toy. Like, Mm -hmm. can we use my toy? If it doesn't get there from oral or from penetration or from the other things we're doing, can I use my toy to get there? And again, like if a guy is intimidated by your toys, eh, red flag. Absolutely. <laughs> Literally, my um, ex used to always say, "Like, they're your toy's a teammate, not a co- like not the competition." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> love that. A next question for you: My boyfriend and I like different things in bed. How do I navigate those differences? Hmm. Classic. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes different stuff in bed, and you will like different things at different phases of your cycle and different evolutions of who you are, and. That's really normal to have sexual partners where your likes don't overlap. I like to see it as like Venn diagrams. Like you're going to come with a circle that is all of the things that you like and all the things you want. And your partner is going to come with their own little circle. And it's important to find the places where you overlap 
and talk about that. Be like, okay, maybe let's explore. Like, these are some of the things I like. And they, they come with us some of the things that they like. And then sometimes every once in a while, dip over into their circle and do things that maybe you're not like, this is like a 10 out of 10 exciting for me, but I'm willing to do it. It's like, okay, and it's for them. And then they can sometimes dip over into your circle and give you some things that maybe are not as exciting or fulfilling for them, but like they still want to give you pleasure and it's not off limits for them. But how and do you then, do that without disassociating? If it's like dipping over into their thing and it's just kind of like, well, I am doing this for them, so whatever. Okay, well, if that's happening, then it's, a, it's an off limits thing. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you can go over into the thing that they like and still stay present with them and be present with the pleasure you're giving them and stay tuned into like, even though I don't love this, it's not my favorite thing, I see how much pleasure they're experiencing and feel compersion and love like as a result of them feeling pleasure. If you can stay in that, then it's a green light. If you're dissociating and checking out and you're like, oh my God, like I hate pegging. I would never want to fuck a guy in the ass. Like I'm going to check out during this. Don't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's like such a simple answer but it's like something that sometimes as women it's like you just like don't think about you're like well like I like they're you're naturally like oh I want their needs to come as well so mm. like I'll do whatever and it's just like such a simple answer for something that I probably overcomplicated in my head you know <laughs> yeah okay let's jump into the next question this one okay here we go <laughs> I absolutely love my boyfriend but sex is so meh what do I do to help him step his game up? Will sex naturally get better over time for us? No. <laughs> Ouch. Hate to hear it. <laughs> the answer is it will not get better naturally over time. And you have to talk about it. Communication is lubrication. If you're not getting some of the things that you want or like, you have to tell them mm -hmm. that and have the conversation, not in the moment, not in the bedroom, not during sex. Talk about it at a neutral space, at a neutral time when you're both chill and relaxed and have a good connection. Be like, bring up the things that you already like. Like, hey, I are you open to talking about our sex life? Like, I would love to just, like, enhance our connection and make things better and keep growing with you sexually. Nobody's going to say no to that yeah. question. So when they say yes to that, be like, okay, here are some of the things that I love that we do. It feels so good when you rub my pussy in this way. I love when you bite my neck. That feels really good. I have some ideas of other stuff that would feel really good to me. Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z, here are the things. Do you feel open to trying some of those with me? Um, and can we try those in a no pressure way? Can we try it in a no pressure zone or situation where we're just experimenting and seeing what works for us? And um, yeah, great answer. Yeah, I feel like no notes. <laughs> well, my only note is I feel most, well, some men have very fragile egos. So if you are to bring up, hey, like this one thing didn't really feel right, they're going to get hurt. And obviously that's not a supportive partner. You shouldn't be with them. Yeah. So that's like the answer I already think in my head. But For sure. I, I mean, I think that's know. why most women don't speak up. It's because mm -hmm. they're afraid to hurt their partner's feelings. Yeah. What you are forgetting in that is that men love to please women. They want to know what makes us feel good. They would mm -hmm. way rather have the feedback than get a fake orgasm. Yeah. 10 times out of 10, if you give any man that option, he would rather get feedback than a fake orgasm. No. No fake no orgasm. None here. None no. here. No. So yeah, no, sir. it may hurt a little bit to yeah. hear that maybe what you thought was going really well for your partner isn't working for them. But 
without that, there is no opening for it to get better. And most people do want to know how they can be better. What do I do if I want sex less than my partner? That is most of the clients that I work with. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, there's two things. It's like one, you can be okay with that and just talk to your partner and be honest and like, Hey, the frequency that I desire sex is once a week. I know that you want it three times a week. So can we find a middle ground here or a negotiation where maybe once a week we're having sex and then another time during the week, I'm just with you while you're masturbating instead of having sex Mm -hmm. um, and having some negotiation around that. The other thing that you could do if you have low desire is enhance or do things for yourself that will pick your desire up, such as self-pleasure or learning exactly what type of sex you are desiring. The number one predictor of desire is sexual satisfaction. So if you're getting sex, that's really satisfying and really fun. And you figure out, okay, what are all the components of that that would make that amazing for me? You're probably going to want sex more than you did when it was just kind of standard script bullshit. So like I mentioned, my first boyfriend, I didn't enjoy sex with him. So I never wanted to have sex. Mm -hmm. Then once I had sex, I liked, I was like, I want to keep doing this. Yes. My sex drive went up so much Mm -hmm. because I thought it was a me problem. I was like, well, I just don't like sex. That's just who I am. No, I actually love sex. Yes. That is most women. It's like, it's usually not that you don't like sex. You just don't like the sex you're being offered. Mm -hmm. Preach. Okay. Next one. How can I have a deeper emotional connection with my partner through sex? Uh, I love tantric practices for this. Um, So tantra is a broader philosophy that in its like, like not the sexual piece, it's about approaching life as sacred, like all elements of life are sacred. The guy that's homeless on the street is God and I am God and you are God. And like, we're all these like sacred beings. And with that, with that as a frame, like, sex also becomes spiritual and a place where you can access the divine. Some of the tantric practices in sexuality that come back from that are a lot of like deep breathing together, eye gazing, feeling each other's energy, sitting on each other's laps and holding one another and breathing together and just like really without the penetration, forming a connection with your bodies and letting your bodies speak to one another and get on the same page. And that is typically what I recommend if you want to enhance the emotional aspect to sex. Eye contact is huge. That was the first thing I thought was eye contact, which not a lot of people do. Yeah. I feel like guys, like during sex too, there's like either the eyes are closed or they're looking elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's like, look up here and just that connection in the eyes is so powerful. Even with one night stands I've had, like the eye contact, it's like, boom, I got him. Yes. It just feels deeper. Yeah. In my mind, at least. It does. It it does literally enhance that. Yeah. Okay. The next section of questions for you. I'll just jump into it. I don't know if all these questions are- I am so excited. It's going to get fucking weird. Well, I just don't know if I categorize these questions correctly and I would love for you to like (laughs) add more because I don't- Okay. First question. Let's just, can you provide a brief explanation of what a kink is and how it differs from mainstream sexual practices and where do our kinks come from? Okay. So kink in itself is anything that is taboo. 
And that is different for every person. For some people, anal sex is taboo. For some people, doggy style is taboo. For some people, having sex in public is taboo. For some people, getting tied up is taboo. It can range in in variety all the way from just, yeah, doggy style to being in a leather suit as a sex slave. Mm -hmm. So the range of what kink is, is anything that is... Uh, one of my favorite authors in this space has a a line about kink that I love and that it is gourmet sex. Hmm. Ooh, yeah. That. Expand on that for us. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you could go to any fast food restaurant or traditional American restaurant and get like a burger and french fries. That's vanilla sex. It's good. Tastes good. Delish. It's great. We love a burger Period. and fries. Mm-hmm. So amazing. But kink is like going to a new American restaurant where they also have an Asian fusion flavor mixed in. And then you can also order a milkshake that has habanero in it. I love that. And so where do you think most people's kinks do come from then? Um, probably, I would say for the most part from early sexual impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Some of those could be um, categorized as traumatic. I think that's like a big kind of like... Um, misconception about kink is that the only people that are kinky are like traumatic or have daddy issues and stuff like that. But I would say that or any early sexual impression that someone has can stimulate their subconscious in such a way that they seek out abnormal sexual interactions. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I have daddy issues and Great. I definitely love like the, daddy. you're probably kinky then. I, yeah. And like, I love that dynamic, you know? So I, I could dive more into that, but just for now, let's we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But that is what a kink is, if you guys aren't aware. This is a question from a listener. How do you bring up kinks if you're embarrassed about them? And what do you do if your partner doesn't support what your kinks are? So I actually think that shame is a positive part of the kink space. Um a kink wouldn't be a kink if it didn't have a little bit of, ooh, I'm not supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is kind of wrong. This is kind of bad. That little undertone of shame is actually something that makes the kink arousing. Mm-hmm. So it's actually not a bad thing if you have a little bit of embarrassment or a little bit of shame about your kink because that's going to heighten the experience when you actually get it. And it can be exciting more so because of that. Um So if you are embarrassed of your kink and you want to tell someone about it, tell them that you're embarrassed. Say, hey, I've got this little shameful, embarrassing thing that I like in sex. Can I tell you about it? I want to know, like, you're going to respond to this in a positive way. And it's safe for me to tell you this. And people are so fucking curious. Of course, that person's Mm -hmm. going to be like, okay, yeah, Yeah. tell me. What is (laughs) it? Tell me all the things. What's the thing that you like? And then you're going to get a space to share. And you can also still feel that shame and it be okay. Yeah. If your partner is not supportive of your kinks, it's up to you to decide how important that is for you. Mm-hmm. If a kink is such an important part of your sexual expression that you need it to be fulfilled in the relationship, then that relationship is probably not for you. Mm-hmm. It's normal if a partner might not like the same kinks as you. That's totally fine. I have some extreme kinks for sure that my partner is never going to do. And that's okay. It's not important to me enough that I would sacrifice all of the other amazing parts of our relationship just to get that thing fulfilled. Yeah. The other thing I will add is that 
you can go to sex parties, you can go to play parties, you can hire a sex worker. If that is something that is really important for you to get fulfilled, there are routes to getting that while in a relationship. This is a great transition because the next question. (laughs) My girlfriend wants us to go to a sex party. I'm open to the idea, but it kind of feels like cheating. How do we do this without it damaging our relationship? Lots and lots of conversations ahead of time. Communication is lubrication. Communication Yes. If we've learned anything. (laughs) Yeah, you really got to talk about it going in. Um, Getting super clear on what are we available for going into this. What's our um, minimum of like what would make this a really good time for us of like how can we go in and have a great time? That could just be we just go. And we watch people and we hang out. Voyeurism is participation in those spaces. Um, and it could, and then like what's the maximum that we're open to and willing to do? It could just be kissing another person. That could be the maximum and that's totally okay. It could just be talking to other people while you're there. Mm-hmm. Again, like and have, have those conversations up front and have a safe word going into it that you can, or a signal that you can give your partner if you're feeling overwhelmed or like it's too much, that they can come comfort you and you can have a contingency plan and you can leave. Don't cross the boundaries. Even if you're there and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is going so well. We're on the same page. We're loving this. We should hook up with this girl. She's super into us. But you didn't discuss that beforehand. Don't fucking do it. Mm. Yeah. Go to you need again. a more thoughtful and intentional conversation ahead of time before a commitment like that. Yes. Yeah. Go to another one. Mm-hmm. There's so many. You can always find another one. Don't blow your load in the first time. Yeah. yeah. How do people find sex parties? <laughs> I want, I'm so <laughs> curious. Well, because I know friends really. who go to them. I mean, is it just because I know there's some word like of tech, mouth? There's text chains and there's groups yeah. and there's it's I mean, there are some Tantra Facebook groups. A lot of times you can find Tantra parties through those pages. There are some sex clubs in major cities like San Francisco and New York who have Instagram accounts and you can find their accounts online. Um, And if you go to some of those bigger parties, you can usually find people there that also host smaller parties. And once you're in the community, you're kind of in. Once you get to one, you'll find the other ones more hmm. will come love that uh next question can only men be doms is that a real question this is a, unfortunately a real question which okay. i already know the answer okay. obviously how no. about you answer it okay <laughs> short answer no not only men can be doms because i think there can be and that would that be power. considered a kink maybe if a guy wants a dom for sure it's a kink if a girl wants a dom it's a kink if a guy wants a dom. Mm-hmm. Anyone that wants to play in a power dynamic is kinky, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So short. I mean, that's that's the answer. No. The answer is and I no. I think it's normal to be on either end. If you want to be a submissive or a dom, or if you're like me and you like both, you can switch. You can switch. You yeah. can have both. Yeah. Next question: How do I introduce things like handcuffs during sex? Do I just surprise my partner with them, or have a conversation <laughs> oh my God. beforehand? Can you imagine? I got a little something for you. Hey, close your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) This is bleak. (laughs) Unhinged, unhinged. And we only have three more. So let's, what are your thoughts on that one? Don't, don't do that. Don't ever surprise your partner during sex with something that you have not agreed upon beforehand. That is unreal. 
Hey, it's cuffing season. So That's so true. <laughs> don't put handcuffs on them. Don't blindfold them. Don't put anything in their ass. Like, don't do things like that that they haven't agreed upon beforehand. Yeah. I love that. Just don't do it. Just don't. <laughs> Talk about it. Next question for you. It's not necessarily a question. This one is just foot fetishes. Please explain. <laughs> That's it. That's all we got. That's there. a great question. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. It's a big community. And I don't know if that's your thing. So I'm not, there's no shame about it. It's just, <clears throat> no, for sure. Foot fetishes are a huge thing. Fetishes are different from kinks. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to explain the difference. Love that. Um, kinks are something that you may be attracted to, but it's not like a requirement for sex. Um, some people have more of a pull to certain kinks, but the one, The place where it crosses the line into a fetish is where you can't have sex without that thing. Mm. You can't come without it. You can't finish without it. There's a dependency on that thing being the end-all be-all of your sexual experience. Um, So what people refer to as foot fetishes, most of the time, it's not a real fetish. It's just something that they like. Mm. It's not like fully into fetish territory. Um, The other piece of fetish is that um, for the most part, objects can't be kinks, but objects can be fetishes. So you could have like a fetish for a water bottle and then you would have to have the water bottle with you during sex to come. So like fascinating. Yeah, it's a really interesting psychological. And is having a fetish considered a bad thing? No, but... If it is impacting your life in a negative way, much like an addiction, like that's where you might want to get some support or help for that. Because you could almost like not have a relationship with someone who either does not have like the same fetish or like understands that fetish isn't okay with it. For sure. Yeah. If you have a really extreme fetish that is really important to you, um, it is harder to have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've never been with somebody who has a, a fetish. Have you guys? Like a very so. specific fetish? Oh, I had a guy that was really into armpits. armpits. Licking, licking armpits. Yeah. Oh my God, that would make me so self-conscious. <laughs> I have good armpits. I'm joking. Okay it that. was really <laughs> fucking hot, honestly. Really? I didn't think, because it's a place on your body where you never receive touch. It's mm-hmm. like a virgin patch of skin. So true. There's, it's so sensitive and he was licking it and I was like, what the fuck? That is crazy. Wow. And it's like kind of ticklish too. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But foot fetishes in particular, I think the reason why feet, why feet? One, their shape is very sensual. The curves of a foot mm-hmm. can be very sensual. Also feet in heels comes with a kind of, um, connotation about femininity and um that realm and then people love stuff that's dirty again there's the shame there's the little bit of like that's gross I shouldn't do that the dirtiness of that is part of what enhances the fetish and another aspect of foot fetishes that I I read about somewhere was guys like okay your foot is basically like the lowest part of your body to the ground it's mm-hmm. like it's beneath you right and mm-hmm. so they guys want to feel like they are beneath you mm, yeah and even like getting your foot on them makes them feel even less and like they like worship you at your feet kind of thing yeah that's like a very submissive mm-hmm. energy submissive i get so many comments do you have great feet no i mean they're fine <laughs> but if like, like if literally i have just like like white 
toenail polish on or like a certain they're like oh i love your little piggies or like <laughs> i get those comments i will say and now i, I like i avoid showing them just because i don't that's not what i'm and not for free for. no i'm kidding but yeah, not for, for i will free? say i have quite literally the ugliest feet of all time like there's anyone who has a foot fetish could never be with me there's probably a fetish for ugly feet for sure <laughs> there's somebody out um, there that wants those toes yeah yeah totally yeah. That, that would go crazy for those toes. Noted. <laughs> Noted. And you know what? My sister and I make fun of uh, our parents' generation. I don't know about, about your parents, but our mom, whenever she went to the beach, we grew up in California, she'd always take a picture of her feet in the sand with, like, the ocean in the <laughs> background and, like, post it on Facebook. And, like, all her friends did the same thing. And, like, now we're like, mom, take those pictures down. Like, for free? <laughs> Come on. No, literally. But it's such a mom thing. Like, oh, look at my new pedicure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mom. That's framed somewhere. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, really. Really. <laughs> um, next question for you. If someone was looking to explore their sexuality, what are some things you would advise them to do or get? Mm-hmm. If someone wants to explore their sexuality, I would direct them to Quinn Audio. I think the audio erotica is a really interesting place to try out different things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also some really good female-owned porn sites. I can, top of the head, I cannot think of the name, um, but probably I can send you some links. And I'll link it in the show notes. You can link some <laughs> female-owned yeah. porn yeah. in the show yeah. notes. Maybe not. You can just search ethical porn, female-owned, yeah. women-owned. You don't need to link that. No, <laughs> I was joking. I'm like, I don't think I can. <laughs> Um, but I, I would explore through looking at different things before you go out and try anything. So like listen to different audios, watch different styles of porn, see what piques your interest, like let that be part of your exploration. Mm -hmm. I would also say explore really slow self-pleasure, like learn what your body likes, map the pleasure in your body, map where different sensations are kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, and then get whatever toys interest you. Mm-hmm. Like there are sex tech is amazing. There is so much out there. Yeah. And I have, I've had, uh, sex toy brands like send me, send me product and some of the toys I'm like, I don't know how to use that. Yeah. So I have like some, I haven't even, some I haven't even gotten to, <laughs> which is great. They have literally toys for everything you can think of. They do. Which is amazing. Okay. And last question. This has been so much fun. By the way, you've been a phenomenal guest, truly. How do I figure out what I like if I don't know what I like in sex? You're going to have to try some stuff. The, the things that I actually just recommended for exploring your sexuality mm-hmm. are also places that I would recommend starting if you don't know what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, touching your body and listening to audios and watching porn. Um, and also... The most important thing when you're in that is feeling what makes your body expand and open and feel excited and calm and what makes your body contract and get tense or turn away. Mm -hmm. That's going to tell you where the yes and where the no is, where the curiosity is and where the shutdown is. Things that shut you down are things that you don't like. It's okay. Like if and if your likes are very limited, that's totally fine too. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that was so many questions, but so many uh, incredibly thoughtful and helpful answers. Truly. Did you have something else to add? I was just going to say that we can completely like draw the line here if we want to, but can you just tell us like one of your most exciting sexual stories if you're okay with it? Oh my God. (laughs) Just a little something to like end on. Like if you're comfortable with it, amazing. If not, completely fine. Okay. 
<gasps> oh my god, sure. let me get my drink. <laughs> Popcorn. Okay, so in a picture. About a year, about yeah, about a year after that first kink experience, that whole year I just spent committed to exploring my sexuality. I was trying all the different things. I was exploring with women and men and non-binary people and just like trying the whole gamut. One of the things that I did was I went to New York and lived there for a month by myself. New York is a hotbed of sex parties and kinky people and alternative relationship styles. And um, I happened to know the owner of a sex club there in New York. And so my first weekend when I was in New York, I went to a sex party. At that sex party. Yeah, welcome to New York. <laughs> but say, talk about like a baptism into the city. We love. Yes. Um, at that sex party, which was amazing. That's not even the story I'm going to tell. I met this guy who they, I li- later found out, was nicknamed the Gangbang Coordinator. Ooh. That was his nickname. <laughs> I'm listening. I didn't find that out until after one night we were hanging out together. We became really close friends. And he was like, are there any fantasies that you have that you don't think you're ever going to have? Like things that you might want that you don't think you'll ever get fulfilled. And I sat there and I thought about it. And I was like, I think I would like a gangbang. And he started laughing so hard. And he was like, well, my nickname is the gangbang coordinator. It was fate. It was you guys- fate connected it was fate yeah so that happened towards the end of that month in New York and he's like I can't get it together this quickly um but can you come back in the fall and we can we can set this up we can do this so all summer long he 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 and I were having conversations about all the details of things that I wanted in this gangbang how many people I wanted there did I want any women there did I want um like what were the specifications about the guys and their personalities he made spreadsheets about it he did interviews with people to set it up is this his job no ah he works for um a guy that runs an uh, an educational porn website wow. so cool i didn't realize how much time months months yes went into this months went into this okay go on okay so months <laughs> went by I have so many questions. I'm like, I'm like mentally writing down notes. I'm like, well, also, yeah. And like what, so you had your criteria of like the types of men you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So my criteria was like, I want men that are, are healthy and fit, um, that are also very conscious, great communicators, intentional, and understand that this is not a place where they're just going to go fuck some girl and get off. That's not what I want this to be about. I want this to be about my pleasure me being the center of attention, me receiving, because up to that point, I'd had so much of a complex about like my ability to receive pleasure and like, was that okay? And I'm like, I'm going to fucking get rid of this pattern of gangbang. That's what I'm going to do. And, and for everyone to be on board with that being, and like positive vibes, really happy to be there. So yeah, flash forward to August that year, 2021, Summer of love. Summer of love. Literally. <laughs> I show up in New York. He's like, we got all the guys together. He goes lingerie shopping with me to pick out an outfit. The the day of that happens. We oh my God, he felt like a movie star. Like, oh my shopping. gosh. And do, you yeah. like, do you like rent a venue? Montage. So the place where he lived was a um 
a place where a lot of creatives also lived, but it was also a house where they hosted sex parties. It was the same house that I went to my first sex party in. So it's Hacienda in New York is the name of the place. Um, So they have a basement that is decked out with all the stuff that you would need for a sex party. So they have like circle mattresses on the floor, flogging stations, spanking benches, fuck machines, all the things, all the toys. Unreal. Unreal. Um, yeah. So he's like, okay, do you want to be downstairs when all the guys come or do you want to walk down and make an entrance? And I'm like, I want there to be like half of them there. And then I want to come down and make an entrance and I want everybody to tell me how hot I am. And <laughs> Queen I, shit. <laughs> or they have okay, no words. When you walk down, they're dressed, right? Yeah. They okay. were dressed and in like nice casual clothes. Like business casual vibes. Hot. And I'm wearing my lingerie and a little robe. I come down the stairs. The reaction was perfect. They were all like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're so amazing. And then, yeah, we just like sat. How does it feel to live my dream? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) It was so amazing. How long did it last? Um, it was probably, well, so, okay. So I got downstairs and we talked and just hung out and no alcohol, by the way, no alcohol, no weed, no drugs involved. Um, we got downstairs and we just talked for, with everybody till everybody got there for probably 45 minutes to an hour, just like getting really comfortable with each other and chatting. Um, and then the guy that was running it, gangbang coordinator guy, was like, okay, do you want to start lying on the bed face up or do you want to start um, on the spanking bench face down? And my vision for this was like, at first, I'm going to be this goddess that has fallen to earth and that they're like, oh my gosh, this is a woman. Oh my God. Like just in awe, worshiping my body. Yes. And then eventually it'll transition to them kind of like using me as a fuck toy. Mm -hmm. Um. So at the beginning, I was like, okay, face down on the spanking bench so I can just like get in my body and get in my zone and like feel it out. And so, yeah, then it started and they were just like massaging me and like telling me how beautiful I was and how amazing wow. I was. How many and guys were there total? Nine. Oh, yeah. And Good. one Obsessed. woman. Oh, one woman. Yes. Good. Yeah. And so did your gangbang coordinator, is that like his kink? Is He loves putting- fulfilling people's fantasies. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, it's like a fairy godmother. He is, (laughs) truly. And so, like, do you think that you would ever, like, leave a gangbang and, like, there's someone that, like, you want to date after? I met, when I was in New York, a lot of people that I was dating while I was there were people that I met at sex parties. Hmm. And I would say, yeah, like, I went on some dates with the guys from the gangbangs, too, and they were all amazing. Like, the vibe was so good. It was so fun. They were all so sweet. We would, like, take breaks. The whole thing lasted maybe two and a half hours. Lots of breaks. Lots of, like, okay, I'm, like, I'm tired for a second. Let's just hang out. And everybody would just chill. Everybody would, like, hang out and talk. And it was, was this Because it sounds exhausting if it was just two right. hours straight. Right. Like, yeah. Chill. No. Well, and the was- other woman was there for support on that okay yeah and was like was it so set in stone like what if you just like weren't in the mood that day I don't think there's anything that could have stopped me from having (laughs) that gangbang so fair fair (laughs) yeah good for you well thanks for sharing that is so welcome that's a phenomenal story truly literally did you have anything else you wanted to add based on literally anything we talked about or a last piece of advice you want to share with the listeners I mean you've given us all so much yeah I mean I think that like if you get anything out of this whole experience, it's like you can have what you want 
insects. Like it's so possible. Like even if that's not a gangbang, like if it's just more kissing or more foreplay or more time connecting before you have sex, like you are totally capable of asking for that and you deserve to have it if it's something that you want. Did you have anything else for Hannah? I don't think so. I literally appreciate you so much. This was great. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Well, Hannah, how can listeners find you if they'd like to connect with you on socials? Well, I have a new Instagram account. So follow the libido fairy on Instagram. Love that. And the libido fairy godmother on TikTok. Oh, cute. Yeah. That's fun. Godmother too. And if you want to follow the pod on Instagram, you can find us at my lips aren't sealed podcast. If you have any feedback or future episode topic requests, feel free to send over a DM. And if you loved today's episode as much as we did, because we loved it, (laughs) please remember to rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple podcast. Give us a thumbs up and subscribe on YouTube. But thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We hope you guys have a wonderful sex-filled rest of your day and we will chat more next week bye guys bye